0: It's time for the Motown Rundown, presented by Impact 89FM, WDBM. This is your home for all things Detroit sports, from the Lions and Tigers to the Pistons and Red Wings. Now here's your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. All right, let's get to the business. Motown Rundown, episode number 21. As always, your host, Ryan Rabinowitz, joined alongside, not just my friends, do I dare call you my my brothers in, in pride.
1: I think we're ready to take that step. My brother, we, no. gotta, we gotta get
0: a better, well, like a- Brothers in be- pride. I was looking at Trent's One Pride this, shirt. I was gonna say, this is One Pride. Yeah, we are like we are like One Pride. We're our own One Pride. Brothers in pride. We should get t-shirts made. We're yeah, definitely Motown the one running. pride of this
1: of this uh of of impact
0: yeah. for sure. We're, we yeah. cuz like uh, if for those of you that didn't listen to the green and white report we had Ryan Collins and Trent Bailey both on the green and white report with myself uh that the the live show we do here at impact every sunday so tune into that
1: ratings skyrocketed
0: by the way was yes, unbelievable <laughs> i felt bad for julian because julian my, the other co-host on the show i, I feel bad because he was just like you could tell he was like well, what have i got myself into i mean just, <laughs> these three are running the show we just took it over it was legendary because we were talking about the wings we were talking about the lions and we had to save some obviously for today's edition of the motown rundown but yeah it was good stuff but uh good thing good good news today before we kick it off not sick anymore feel great. I, that, that is great news. Now. I feel great. I will say, though, I, it's not helping the fact that it's like negative three degrees outside.
2: Yeah, it's brutal. As,
0: as Ryan Collin would say, it's unbelievable yeah, how cold yeah, it is. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. But it's it's not like, here's my thing. Here's my thing. Because we got hit with all that That's snow so that, that most recent night or whatever it was when all the snow came down. Yeah. And I, I spent 30 minutes scraping my car off. I don't need snow beyond Christmas. Maybe I'll give you New Year's. No, that,
1: that's always been my thing. Yeah, yeah. after Christmas, a New I don't Year's, want it. a
0: New Year's snow is 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 fine. But anything afterwards, I mean, we're into what January twenty first today. By the way, happy MLK yes. Day, by the way. Shout out my cousins. It's my cousin's birthday. Awesome I throw that out there. Shout out cousin cousin Trent. Her name's Trent's Megan. Cousin yeah. Megan. <laughs> Megan. Shout out. I love it. <laughs> but it's like it, uh, the snow's ridiculous because you walk outside. I was gonna buy. I got an Amazon gift card, so nice. I might I might buy one of those uh, face shields like you'd use for. For snowboarding, because I just can't take the wind.
1: Yeah, no, it's very necessary. It actually is necessary to wear those things, it's
0: brutal. But anyway, so before we, we kick it off here to our Detroit sports, some good national sports yesterday. Championship Sunday. Did you guys
2: enjoy? I think that was one of the greatest NFL championship Sundays ever. I saw someone say it's the best day in football. I've never been more mad in my entire life. There's two games. How is it the best day in football? Well, what
0: would you consider the best day in football?
2: Like a, a random November day where there's like six like college football ranked matchups. I, I, okay. I enjoy stuff like that. I, I enjoy quantity more than quality. I, I would agree yeah, with that. I,
0: like Thanksgiving football to me is better because you have like wait, one more game maybe. Yeah, three. But it's just, it's just the- And then you
2: got college basketball mixed in there too. Yeah, So it's it, a good it's, day. It's
0: just the day. I mean, you're with your family. It's awesome. I'd also say- say too the i mean the saturday and what uh, the college football conference championship day that's a great day too I, I, that was a sweet day this no, year no no it is that's a great day. day
2: i i agree with that but I, there's something about like having like eight games in one day that i just it's too much oh, no i oh, love, I love okay. that i just love like being able to like turn on like espnu and there's like a like a Big 12 game between Texas Tech and Baylor. Yeah. Uh, See, I, I
1: love that. I loved yesterday. I thought, no, no, I loved I, yesterday. Yeah, it. It no, was no, great. No, I, yeah. But for me, yesterday was, yeah, the best day in football, I'd say this year because I, I was entertained all day long. Yeah. Two overtime I games. I loved it. It was so good. I was, ne- neither one of the teams I was rooting for won. Yeah. But that's all right. That's true. By the I way, me I think either. the Chiefs are a little bit like the Lions in that they have not won in forever and they get, uh, they well, tend they- to have bad. Bad, uh, bad demons. What do you call that? Bad luck. Yeah. I don't know. Mojo. I don't know. <laughs> I,
2: I think yesterday is. I mean, it's tough to lose the way they did with the offside. D Ford being offside and stuff, but I, it's not like a bad law. It's not like no, something not you can, like. It's not something you're gonna be haunted about for like years. Right? Because like especially are be. it's, it's who they lost. Like to the Saints. Well, yeah. yeah. Like the Saints are gonna be haunted for years. Yeah. The last two years, That's you brutal. lose to Minnesota on a hail mary, basically. Not even a hell kind of mary. Not fluky. Yeah, yeah like a, a flute seventy five yard like touchdown pass. Right. And the next year you kind of get screwed, even though I think they would have lost regardless. But whatever. I this begs
0: the question to me now. Before we get into it, is I've always been a been a very big advocate for the NFL changing the overtime rules. I think the fact that yeah. in the playoffs, maybe maybe even if you just change it in the playoffs, kind of like how hockey regular yeah. season you play three on three, but. Right. But right. oh, and uh, in the playoffs it's five on five until you know you whatever,
2: and it's then you have like se- seven overtimes.
0: Exactly. So, I, does it beg the question that does the NFL have to change their overtime? Because it just it's to me it's weird.
2: I don't get but it. But it it's
0: just so it's so stupid how I get like you know you're you're you gotta hold strong on D and if you play good D you can win the game off the first drive but I I, I I'm telling you right now the Chiefs win the coin toss they win yeah. bottom line yeah no I and agree to, for Patrick Mahomes not to get a chance to go down the field and score and it, to to cost you to go to the Super Bowl it's ridiculous yeah I'm ridiculous.
1: sitting there with my roommate and I'm I, I we said to each other like whoever wins the coin toss is gonna win the game mm. because both defenses had not been able to stop the other team in the last you know right. two quarters plus so I don't know. I think it's a little ridiculous overtime rule, but like to offer some objectivity, it's kinda like, you know, the Saints definitely could have won earlier. Yeah, they they should have won. They, they, they should have they... put
2: them out of their misery in the yes. first half. Yeah. And
1: the Chiefs shouldn't have gone down seventeen seven or fourteen zero, you know, then maybe we're having a different conversation.
2: Brutal timeout but... usage again from Andy Reid. He's like trying to get the football again. Does he know Tom Brady's the quarterback? Yeah, like yeah. I was like, yep. What are you doing?
0: Tough, tough, but Hey, you know what? Not as important as the Pistons, which we got to get into. Not nearly yeah. as important. Not as the even Pistons. close to being important as the Detroit Pistons. Back-to-back wins from the Pistons coming as of late. An overtime win over the Magic. Another win over the Heat at home. Uh, most recent game dropping on a buzzer beater to the Kings. First mm. of all, before we get into like the grand scheme of things, Buddy Heal double dribbled. Yeah, no was doubt. The most. I know we've talked about it like recently, but it I because I, watching the, the thing fall. Full-time. Shouldn't have been in that situation. Watching anymore. it live, watching it live, I was like, "Oh, it, wow! Like, what a shot!" Of course, uh-huh. you know, what you walk away from TV. But then I, I watch it again on some local news sports show, and the anchor, the legendary, was like, "I, I want to stir up some controversy." But I think, buddy, he'll double dribble. I'm like, I'm watching it. I just popped up yeah, on the I was like, I cannot believe no one saw it. Like nobody, no one yeah, said anything. Right. Yeah. So that 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 was tough. It's but, a little it's a little ridiculous. But I, they they play Washington today, or as we're recording this, as a, as a matinee version of the Motown Rundown, a little little one thirty p.m. action. Pistons yep. play at two o'clock today, uh, so even in the last couple games, even in the wins, you know they they. they they take a game to overtime against the Magic, who I I don't think is is anywhere near no. as strong of a team as the Pistons. They
2: were in control of that game, most of the game too. Right? They, they, yeah.
0: And, and even even against the Heat, I mean, it's a you're you're up and you're feeling great, and then it just the the margin just yeah smaller and smaller and smaller. So, first question I want to kick it off with: it, it what is what is the issue? With this team, when it comes just their second half play, it's like you know when the Pistons go to the locker room, they could be up by twenty at the first half. You know you're biting your nails in a five point game
2: in the stretch. What is it about this team? They can't play half toward offense because they don't have the guard play to do it anymore. I mean, like literally, their only half toward offense when you look at it is Blake. It's Blake backing down, playing bully ball, and then kicking it out and. You uh, you often see this from the Pistons too. They get out to an eleven or twelve point lead, and probably like two minutes left in the third, or even like five minutes left in the game, and they never can put it away. They mm-hmm. just can't put it away, mm-hmm. and I they, that they have to do that. They I don't think they've had an easy win all season. If you really looked at uh, yeah, it, I, yeah, seriously, they've grinded out games a lot.
1: The ebbs and flows of games sometimes just it makes me really upset. Because yeah, like you said, they're they're off. I think seventeen on the Heat mm-hmm. in the second quarter. Or the third quarter, or something like that, and then you just kind of knew it wasn't really over. I mean, because you just have seen this all year. And for me, the problem is the second unit. They just that they rely the Pistons rely too much on production from Blake Griffin and then sometimes Andre and sometimes Reggie Bullock. You know, when Reggie Bullock isn't hitting his threes, his team doesn't usually do very well. But it's just that's why it's frustrating. It's because like you can't you can't win that way. You can't win mm. if you're relying on your first on your your starters and your top three players. To score a combined sixty points every night, because that's just not going to happen. So I think that's the biggest problem. I think getting Zaza back was big. You saw that against the Heat. He didn't have a, he didn't have a bucket until it was the biggest one of the game. Um. So so I I think the second unit will improve a little bit as we go. And then the loss of the Kings didn't have Andre. I know you right. guys aren't huge Drummond fans, but I just wanted to bring that up because
2: it's important. You know, no, it's no, just, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that, but they should sure, they just you're up ten. 10- Points. Yeah, with I agree. Five minutes left. I, I definitely Put it agree. Away. I one hundred percent agree. I'm just saying in Buddy terms hit of like on, six threes yeah. that <laughs> game it was a joke.
1: I, it, it was pretty ridiculous. It, the Pistons had no no business losing that game. I'm just saying on paper, when you lose to a, a mediocre team without your second best player, I, it's uh, I can live with it. It just sucks because we had it. You're right.
2: The how do you allow Buddy Hill, he- the possession before that? Before you hit yeah. the buzzer beater. He's wide. How do you an allow that? Like, how do you allow that? How The possession before they hit the buzzer beater. Complete empty possession. No idea what they were doing. It was this force. It was ridiculous. It, it was a classic Pistons possession where it's like, oh, is Reggie going to take this <laughs> shot? Oh, <laughs> yeah. no, Reggie's not. Is Blake. Oh, let's take a horrible 15-footer contest. I,
1: <sighs> the, <sighs> it's pretty agonizing to watch. It is.
2: They're so... Uh, the Pistons are like the worst. They're like <laughs> they are, they well, really are. They,
1: they're really bad when they go off script. That's the problem. Yeah. You have to have like maybe that's on Coach Casey, maybe that's on you know Reggie Jackson. I have no idea, but you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Especially coming out of timeouts and in crucial possessions like that, and you're just what it. You just dump it to Blake and let him like make something against the Magic on the, and the uh, potential game winner mm-hmm. in the oh, fourth yeah, quarter before like, like what are we doing, guys? Did the ball Give the ball to Blake, and then he dribbles it around. Even though you, know, you should every, just take it to the rim. Every but,
2: time you're in a bonus, the Pistons should give it to Blake. Yeah, and go and to the rim. Y- yeah, literally, he should get fouled. reason a store Exactly. Yeah. Every single time.
0: Yeah. What I just don't understand is I, I I look at I I was so optimistic about the team coming into this year because I I do think you look at Dwayne Casey's teams in Toronto. They play very co like they've played cohesive basketball under under Dwayne. He's he's a very good coach. In my yes. opinion, but like you said, the perfect word to say is they go off script. It's like I—I I feel like it's like watching an AAU team. Like they'll come yeah. down the floor and they freak out, and it just they—they they stray away from the bread and butter of you know using Blake, using Andre, and then I got to watch Andre Drummond standing out on top of the key. It just yeah. it, it, that that type of basketball doesn't make sense for the Pistons. It just looks confusing. It, it, it does, and so I don't know if if, if I got to point the finger at Coach Casey and go, dude, like I don't know what. You're drawing up game plan wise, but like you guys have said, all these games that I watch the Pistons play in, it's I have to. It's the five minutes left that I'm sweating because I don't know right. if you're going to get an absolute collapse or if you you can put the game away. And in this Eastern Conference, I mean, I look at the standings. The Pistons are sitting in ninth right now, five through one in the East. Bucks, Raptors, Pacers, Sixers, Celtics. It's like a completely different league. Than the rest of the East. Because you look at you cut off at five. and six, you have the Nets, Heat, Hornets, Pistons, Wizards, Magic, and then I guess you have the Hawks, Knicks, Bulls, Cavs in a separate tier. But that middle of the pack, the Pistons on paper are by far the best team out of that, out of that middle grouping that I mentioned. Yeah. So what's frustrating is that I, I'm looking at the standings each day. You're a 10 seed. You're a nine seed. You creep into eight. And at this point in the season, where you know you're, you're starting to, to see the teams that are really gonna, like, where everyone's starting to place themselves in this mix, because we were talking at the beginning of the season or early in the year that the Pistons are 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 pretty solid. I think Collins was more on the lower tier, lower half of the eight. And Trent, me, and you were like, yeah, four, or five seed, no brainer. Yeah. And now it's like I, I, don't see at all them them moving ahead of the Sixers or the Celtics. And I mean, you know, the the Nets can seem to uh, somehow are, are a decent team this year. Yeah. And, and the upcoming schedule for the Pistons too. You know, it's Wizards, Pelicans, Mavs. You throw the Bucks in, which is a tough game. But Mavs again, Clippers. Like, these are games you have to win. Yeah, for sure. Because if you come out of this stretch of the games I named the next handful of games, and you come out two and three, that's solidify I mean, you're that's it. You're an eight seed if you're lucky. If you can't pull out... If you can't go four and one, if you can't be a legit basketball team and beat the Wizards today, and beat the Pelicans, and beat the Mavs twice, and if you drop one of the Bucks, I'm fine with it at home. But if you can't come out four and one, I mean that just shows me like I I need you guys to, like this is it like yeah. like
2: sell someone I think they're going buy. to you can't
0: buy you can't buy I think they're going to at.
2: really I, I I there's just a feeling that that I think that L A stand with like the lack of effort that you see in front of like the two games your owner goes to Mm -hmm. and maybe the fact that like some pieces aren't working together and i i'll I'll never give reggie reggie jackson unfortunately is not the best player and he takes a lot of flack because he takes bad shots and then he plays hero ball but it's not because his effort is gone he actually like tries yeah he plays hard yeah he plays hard but he he just physically can't do anymore injuries have caught up to him but I, I think there's gonna be some t- sort of like trade or something. I I could see Stanley going somewhere else. It's a change of scenery. I could see a couple of guys change it up because uh the what it what's the point of being the eight seed in the East just to lose in four four or five games? There's right. no point.
0: I'm I'm what gotta, I'm
2: like. There's no and the right now there's no like upside you see from this team
0: exactly and that's that's the key thing is that if you were to see that's why I say like th- th- they need to pull it together because this this next stretch of 10 games I mean you go into the all-star break when that stuff starts happening like that's when I, if you're not playing good basketball and you're not eight and two of your last 10 and you're five and five then that's where I just there's there's no and we've said it because we we look at the You know, last year with the Blake trade and you give up your pick in in, in the first round, like you're you're trying to make something out of what looks like now. It's nothing. I mean, it just doesn't work clearly. And whether you're whatever your opinion is on the can Blake and Andre play together or is Reggie the guy, which I think a lot of people now are like Reggie's just, you know, like you said, Collins, it just he doesn't look athletically the same that he's not he going to get back to he was in 2015 right 16, so yeah. i just the problem that i have with this organization and i get it that it's not detroit basketball it's not a market like la where i think i think detroit's a better basketball town when they're good than like the than they have in the, the lakers I, I genuinely believe no. that. You don't
2: think so? I Dude, dude I, I, but be, the Lakers are like a top three like, organization. But, but being but
0: being in L.A., I guess the point I'm trying to make is I think there's people that are in L.A. that buy the jersey and go to the game because it's something to do in L.A. I think no, the Lakers sure, is like a good thing. Sure. So I'm saying like the, the fans here, yeah. maybe it's a bad comparison to L.A., but the fans here care. Like we care. Yeah. And this organization, you know, you never hear about the Pistons ever. Ever on like ESPN, they may throw out a Blake Griffin dunk highlight in a sneaky like number eight slot in the top ten plays, but it's never the Pistons are shopping this player. The Pistons are looking here. Oh, Coach Casey, this they're the they're just so reactive to the point where you can't be reactive where you're sitting. You're, you're the Pistons are almost in. Worse of a spot, but I'm a team like the Cavs or the Suns because oh, they are. There's they no are. you're you're like they you're are. just you're, you're just treading water yeah. and you're not doing anything. So I, I'm just I'm so because I could I could just easily see at, at the trade deadline, there goes Stanley and they're bringing in you know Bradley Beal to come in for no reason, yep. obnoxious money just to just to force it and say oh if we if we if we have all these you know players out here that you know maybe a couple years ago were really solid. You know, we we can win some games, but I, that's just
2: not the way to go for me. I, it's not the correct way to go. But if you're gonna have all this money sent into two players, why not just have all your money sent into three players? I like honestly go either way. Like either sell off this whole team or just go completely all in and make make a fool out of yourself. I because so. I want because make it entertaining. Right now they're yeah. not entertaining to watch and. There, there's some positives the last couple of games. I mean, Luke Kinnards came on a little bit having 19 and 22 in his past two, but there's not a lot of good feelings with this team. I, and I love the Pistons, probably like my favorite team in during the winter. So between two teams. So <laughs>
0: that's
2: great. Yeah, great. That's great. prestigious yeah, right yeah, that's there. That's huge. Cool man. Huge. Cool man. But I mean, you move away from 70% of your fans in Oakland County, and they have the lowest fan percentage like, in the seats in the entire NBA.
0: Yeah. And that that just, again, it just comes down to the product. I mean, yeah. I, I genuinely yeah. like when was I vividly the product, they had a remember. Sellout street. Yeah, that's what I say. I vividly remember, you know, in the obviously the, the, the area with, you know, the going to work Pistons, going to those games, and it's packed. It was the best atmosphere in the NBA.
2: Yeah. It was and, great. and
0: now, so that's the thing where I. I, I you know it's it's not cheap to go to games anymore for any team but especially in an area like Detroit where you know you have a decent level of poverty people can't pay the money to go in the Little Caesars Arena and watch, and watch this product yeah. it's not what's not worth
1: right. it right and it's not it's not that the fans aren't like true or they're not staying true to, I, I totally agree with what you're saying because mm. it's like when the Pistons When the Pistons get back up to that kind of, I don't know if it's this year, next year, two years, whatever, back to that watchable phase where they're like a top five team in the East or like competing for that, then you'll see a lot more of those seats full and stuff like that. But I do want to just kind of bring this up because it's like, I I don't want this to get lost. I think that Clippers win was impressive to me. The Heat and the Magic wins were impressive to me just because this team showed that they can gut out a close win. Now granted they lost to the Jazz. They lost to the Kings in close games.
2: Both they blew both ten point leads in both those games. Yeah, they, they cannot they did. keep a lead. It's so, crazy. So that, it's, like it's like I'm watching Redwinds. <laughs> it's yeah. it's
1: it's pretty agonizing and it's frustrating. But all I'm saying is at least you've got something in recent because the whole month of December like the second half of December and the first half of January was dismal. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Awful. I think we went like fourteen and six. Or fifteen and six, something like that. Yeah. That's or or six and you know what yeah, I mean, six ways. and yeah, fourteen. Yeah. That's absolutely awful. And and now the Pistons have won two out of the last three and they're close games, and you've actually seen something, you're kinda like, okay, they lose on a fluke shot, and the buddy healed, it's ridiculous. But I think it's too early to and, and, and uh too early to just like throw in the towel because the East is the East, right? You know what I mean, right? They're, and and I'm crazy because I'm I'm you guys know how I am with this kind of stuff. But there's only one team in the East I don't want to play in the playoffs, and it's the Raptors. I yeah. I or maybe the Celtics too. But we won't be playing the Celtics because they're going to get the five or the four seed. Mm-hmm. So if the Pistons can get the eight or the seven or the the six, you know, and play the Pacers in the Bucks, that would be a, maybe the Pistons could make that a series, and then you go into next year saying, okay, what do we got to do to improve? You know, and unless they do that at the deadline now, I don't know. I just want to bring that up because the East is the East at the end of the day. You don't have to have a, an above 500 record to make the playoffs. It doesn't look like this yep. year. So that's just, that's weird. That's crazy. It's so different than the West, but the Pistons can still get something rolling and make this season productive because like you guys say, they're too good to be too bad. That's Collins' yeah. trademark. Yeah.
2: That's, but, I, I, like I mean, they if they if I think the season, it's the success of a season for them this year because I – I think getting the five or four seed would be like the highest like, of their ceiling possible for this type of talent they have on this roster. But to make a success out of this season is like going to like seven games in a playoff series. Cause yeah. I, I don't think it's even possible for them to win one. Yeah. It's, like, I, well, like,
1: uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, if they could take the Bucks no, no, six I, or seven games, that'd be awesome. Yeah,
2: I don't think they could cause the Bucks are just. They have a really good coach, Mike Budaholzer, and Giannis is just a freak. Yeah, and the two is. games I've watched the Pistons play Giannis this year, they might have the worst game plan I've ever seen. They don't have a, an answer for They, they yeah, did yeah. have a
1: shot to win it, though. Blake missed
2: it, but they did yeah, have a shot still, to win the game. I think Giannis had like 30 in the first half that game. But yeah. still, I, it, until there's changes made with this Pistons organization, of like the head ownership actually carrying, it, they're, they're not going to win. I think that's a –
1: well, I do agree that I think Goris is one of the worst owners in the entire NBA, besides maybe, who's the Suns guy? That dude's a clown. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Goris, the is, Goris has no idea what's going on. You know, when he talks to the media, it's the most vague. He's just waiting thing. to sell the team to yeah, Gilbert. It, I, <laughs> like it, I would love if Dan Gilbert bought the team. I honestly would. But because Dan Gilbert at least has proven that he'll go all in. You know, yeah. say, hey, J.R. Smith, what was that? Like, Collins' favorite player. Yeah. A bunch of money. <laughs> Tristan Thompson's getting paid. Away. And I love Tristan Thompson. I do, but like he's not worth what he's get paid, right. getting paid. Right. Getting paid. So I don't know. It's it like the
0: ownership thing is really interesting, but mm-hmm. okay. I don't
2: know. Let's move on to the Lions. Yeah. All right, you sure?
0: Yeah. All right. We'll go on to the Lions now. We got Pistons playing today at two o'clock. Well, I guess by that time, if they lose to the right.
2: Wizards, I yeah, I, I might not uh, watch I a game the I was gonna say this season. this Ooh. as crazy
1: as it sounds, this is a big Even game.
2: A- even though I'm pretty sure the Pistons have played on MLK the last, like, three years, and it's been the worst game I've ever yep. watched.
1: I remember oh, MLK right. Day against the Clippers and I think, 2014, we got just
2: murdered. Just uh, MLK crushed. Day against the Hornets last year. The Hornets, the Pistons' arch nemesis, who they, like, <laughs> cannot beat. I think Marvin Williams had, like, four threes in a row, and I, just, I almost broke the TV. Random <laughs> thought, but... Great. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Let's cool. move
0: on the Lions now. Uh, obviously, as we said a couple weeks ago now... Uh, Lions, no longer with uh, Jim Bob Cooter. Love it. We don't need to get into that. I'm still we, celebrating
1: that, yeah, by the way. Yeah, we still
0: love it. Um, Daryl Bevel is your new offensive coordinator for your Def- Detroit football Lions. Uh, a little bit of background on him, if, if, you, if you haven't been in the news. And, of course, by the way, I have to just mention it. Every single time Lions news happens, it is, like, literally, it feels like it's 30 minutes after the show yep. that we do. So we apologize for getting this kind of late, but... It's not daylights, week, week yeah, no, week no, but week-long week news, week-old news.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. It's
0: anyway, Bevel not active in the league this previous season. Uh, he was let go from Seattle in January of 2018. He was the offensive coordinator of that team since 2011, uh, winning a Super Bowl in Seattle, going to another one. Uh, previously the offensive coordinator of the Vikings from 06 to 2010 uh, before taking that Seattle job. Uh, Trent had a great article about uh, the whole his whole mindset on, on on the hiring. So I'll start with you, Trent. Uh, very simply, is this a good hire for the Lions? It is,
1: and um, I'm probably just going to end up regurgitating a lot of what I said. On the yeah, I White mean, that's why I said. We, but,
0: had to, we had to do it today again, too. So.
1: Right. Um, I, I, he's, he, you may not have heard of this guy, but uh, he's definitely qualified. He's got the tools. He's got the pedigree to, to be an offensive coordinator in the league and specifically for the Detroit Lions. Because you look at what the Lions are trying to do. They're trying to 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 play through Carry On Johnson, they mm-hmm. got their guy now. You know, we drafted him in the second round last year. They, they, you know, except that that first Jets game. From then on, it was like give Carry On the ball. They were doing that. They were winning when they were doing that. And then he goes down in in, in week ten, I think it was. And he still was top thirty in the league in rushing. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Missed six games, five point four yards per carry. I love him. I think all Lions fans love yes. him. He's going to be a hundred percent for uh, training camp because he avoided surgery. So what you look at. You got carry on. You're going to play through him. That's a, that's abundantly clear. Mm-hmm. And you look at what Bevel has done in his career. All he's done is had great rushing offenses. Yes. In in, in his four years in Minnesota, excuse me, five years, he had a top. Let, let's see here, top uh, ten rushing offense three times in his five years in Minnesota. They won the division twice. And then in Seattle, he only had a losing record once. And the Seahawks went to two Super Bowls, like you said, Ryan. Won the first. Bevel had a top ten rushing attack four times in seven years. Granted, he did have Adrian Peterson, did have Marshawn Lynch, but at the end of the day, the system matters. You know what yes. I mean? Getting yep. and, and if and honestly, if carry-on could be seventy percent of what AP was, or or seventy percent of what Marshawn was, this team will win games. Mm-hmm. They will win a lot of games because Matt Stafford. You know, I and I I said this on the Green and White Report as well. Um, the main takeaway for this to me is you're you're balancing your quarterback, who's your leader, he's your best player, with a run-based offense because then you get the best of both worlds. And the Lions being able to s- establish the run game with carry-on, handing it off to him first and second down, setting up run pass options for deep shots to Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, things like that, it's really going to open it up for the Lions. And just in general, I said this a couple weeks ago when we were talking about the the cooter firing, a different offensive coordinator alone is going to, you know, if we ha- had we had a different offensive coordinator last year, the Lions are 8-8 eight and eight, at mm-hmm. least. And, and that, that's with all these other things, like the bad offensive line play, certain games, and st- stuff like that. But anyways, bottom line for me, uh, he, he's a run-based coach. I think he's going to do very well here. I'm excited to see how it goes. But I, it, it's a hire, and, and he also worked with Brett Favre before he became this running running back guru. So that's impressive to me. You work with a quarterback with a great arm. Stafford has that. So overall, it's a hire that I think Lions fans should love.
2: Uh, I, I'm not going to say it's a bad hire. I'm not going to say it's a great hire. I think it's just like medium. Mm-hmm. I I actually like how they have a direction. Know what they're going with? They're like, hey, we're gonna be a run oriented foo- football team. Sorry, and we're gonna play we're gonna play complementary football. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna run the football, keep the time in possession, and then we're gonna play good defense. I don't hate them going in that direction, but I I think people who I don't think there's a lot of people who expect this, but if you are expecting this for Matthew Stafford to kind of be unleashed in Bevel's offensive team. He's not. It's going to be more what you've kind of seen with more shutdowns. It's not, not shutdowns. I'm not saying that. I'm just, it's to be. He's going to be put more into a game manager role. Just that's just the way his Daryl Bevel's offense works. It doesn't matter who's that quarterback. I mean, he put Russell Wilson there for the majority of the time he was there. So I think there's going to be, I like that they're not trying to put all this pressure on I like that they're zigging when everyone's zagging. That mm-hmm. everyone's going to these pass-oriented offenses. Don't, they want to do it high-flying. I like that. But it, it, it's kind of hard for me to make a take that this is bad or good until I've seen something. But they had to get a guy who's run-oriented because the run team has been broken for about exactly. Since Stafford's been here, so that,
1: that's why I think it's exciting. Yeah. You know that's exactly. No, no the yeah. La- yeah. The last thing you said, I completely agree with. The, the The run scheme has been terrible for the last decade, so it's it's exciting at least that you're bringing in something yeah. like this because you can at least look forward to this. And you have, have Carry yeah, On Yeah,
2: I think you're saying that Carry On's our best asset, and we're going to build around him. Yeah, which well, I don't hate. You've you've seen from Carry
0: On that like this is a guy that deserves the ball. Yeah, and, for and, sure. He's a star, and, as you guys said in the past decade of Lions football, it. it you know, you've had good athletes. Reggie Bush was a good athlete. Java, I mean, you know, they're not that premier running backs, but it was just the, the scheme was so predictable and dry and bland. So this hire, to me, I think it was a a, a good – I believe it's a safe hire only because it's a guy that's, that's proven his worth. To, to where on yes. paper you show this to an average fan – and they look at Bevel's resume, and they go, oh, he's won a Super
2: Bowl. This is a great hire. Right. You he know? also lost the Super Bowl, though.
0: Uh, right. And that's where people... No, I, people I that and, was,
2: you people see that on Twitter that, yeah. oh, he didn't run the ball in on the one. Yeah, which yeah, again, Pete, the, yeah. Pete
0: Carroll took pretty much yeah. the
2: entire blame for it. And
0: so if you're going to judge this guy because he didn't run the ball that was, on, on first and goal in the yeah. Super Bowl, like... That's... Okay. Yeah. And
1: if you're telling me up front, you know, you're going to get me to two and win me one, I will...
2: No, for sure. Worship for sure. you forever. But yes. the one thing I will say, last thing I'll say, he did work behind very good defenses. Of course, I mean Seattle, yeah. Seattle's Legion of Boom. That was a top like five defense of all time. Yeah, so. they were. And they, so, were, they yeah, were great. It's it's, but they played complimentary football. That's yep. what I'm saying. That's what the Lions are trying to build. And for. you and you hope that with Patricia, yeah, being you have the a guy behind coach. the defensive
0: coach. That's like you said, it's the complimentary football. So I just think that this hire is, you know like you guys have both said it's in your face run the ball football and, and it, it's worked with bevel his, his scheme has worked and so I really believe that you win football up the middle I, I think that still yeah, despite that it being sure. a passing league if you can't run the ball you've seen what happens we've well, seen yeah, it as, you, you, as, as you can't Lions get fans.
1: free for anything you know the separation yard stat is your favorite thing in the world because it's like it, it that's all you got to look at
0: yeah and, and I I just look at I look at his not only bevel's resume but like, you, like we've hit it on the head, Seattle has consistently been in the top of the league at the rushing with the rushing offense. and that's what that if you can start there, other things around it will start to work. And I, I also remember reading that you know, Pete Carroll called the drafting of Russell Wilson Bevel's project. So the fact that bevel, first of all, you know, put that much faith in Russell Wilson and has now turned Russell Wilson into or had a very big part in turning Russell Wyatt's Wilson into Kyler Murray. now? <laughs> I, I hope not. I oh, lose boy. my mind. That would yeah, be I would unreal, too. I'd lose my mind. Like, the Tigers can can go after Kyler Murray. That'd but, be sweet. Yeah, I mean, nice. Kyler but, Murray's
2: going to be a stud, by the way. Just saying. Which sport? Football. Okay, well, he's Russell. Wilson, I agree. I like agree. Three, I think he's he he Russell football. Wilson, except like three inches smaller. Sure. Yeah.
0: But but anyway, that being you know Bevel's project of taking Russell Wilson, who you could say maybe he's an undersized guy, you know, and, and I think coming into the league, it was no one really expected Russell Wilson to be this good, but you know, I, I just I think that he'll be able to work with Stafford in a way where do I see? I, I would love to see like the. Seven, eight years ago, Matthew Stafford, five, seven step drops, launching balls down the field, yeah. four touchdowns, two picks a game, or whatever. I'm you know, that I love that kind of stuff from Stafford, because I do think he's that good that can do it. But I look at Seattle's offenses. Like they're they don't have they're kind of like the Patriots in the sense of they don't have these big name receivers you know it right just, they they make do with what they got because they have some good athletes you know your Lockett your Curse you know whatever guys have been playing the Baldwins that were on that team with with Russell Wilson when Bevel was the coach over there right and you know I look you know, the the Lions your Galladay who's a solid deep throw I think the Lions receivers they have in Jones and Galladay and are are better than anything that the, that the Seahawks have ever had. So I'm excited in a sense of I think Matthew Stafford now finally is going to be able to feel weight taken off his yeah. shoulders and that it's going to be in-your-face, smash-mouth football, hand it off, let your guys work, and when he needs to drop back on second or third down and get you yards, he can do that. He absolutely,
1: absolutely. can. The, I, the, the biggest thing about this hire – is the run game, the, commi- the the committing to the run game, and then the second biggest thing is making Stafford comfortable. I think this hire is huge for Stafford, just mm-hmm. because you're going to be establishing a run game. You're going to be controlling time of possession, just like the Patriots did last night. You know, we saw that. Not saying it's going to be that drastic. I think it was like 44 minutes to 21 or something mm-hmm. like that crazy, but I don't know. I I think it's, it, like, like you said, it's going to make Stafford a lot more comfortable,
2: and I like it. I mean, do you... I think this hire though is gonna be interesting in the draft. I don't know what they address if they do, if I think because I could see them going on the first round draft no in an alignment again. I would I would lose my mind. I would I, I would hate it. But yeah, I mean every single year I see them projected to take some D tackle or some secondary guy, and they end up drafting an O no lineman.
1: Well, I I I could see it happening too, but I think the Lions. I think they'll stick with D line just because or they or need someone just on because the defense it, of the it is Patricia's first. Yeah. It's Patricia's, Patricia's first or second draft, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, who they take? We got Frank Ragnall last yeah. year in the first yeah. round. Yeah, I, th- I think they'll still stick with defense. I hope. I would yeah. like to think so.
0: And, and the thing, too, is you see these cases of you don't need these big-name guys, like these guys that were huge names in college to work. If the, if the system works, and the Patriots last night are just the prime example of if the system works— and you have enough talent to where again you know Tom Brady is not an athletic guy he's not the most talented thrower of the ball but you get guys open and you and you give them different looks and he can do what he has to do and i mean Tom he's Brady's the smartest one of the quarterback exactly ever. he's a genius but if if you go back to the o line which if you don't have a good old line, good luck running the ball. First yes, of ball. Definitely. but you know, I there's question marks around T.J. Lang. Is he going to hang him up? I would like to think he, he he's able to come back for maybe another year or two. You can't I think he will. You, I, yeah. If you have to restructure his contract, so you're not paying the guy, and I think he's a he seems like a guy that'd be willing to do that. Rick Wagner is where I just I don't know if I can watch it anymore. Nine and a half million a year. It's it's but I mean you look at Ragnow, Glasgow, Decker, and even Crosby, who we we started to see towards the end of the year. I'm fine with that. You plug in another guy somewhere yeah. else, and I I really do think that Ragnow should have been the center this year, Definitely. especially with how high you draft him, I don't understand because Glasgow was a, was a guard at some point too, you know? It, so that was tough, but yeah, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the draft stuff as it gets closer, but I think you got to go defensive side of the ball, but I, I'd like to see, I, I'd hope, and Trent, you mentioned it on, on, on Sunday too, you know, Luke Wilson played under Bevel. So if if Bevel sees something in him in his game that he can utilize, because I think the tight end play was so bad from the Lions. It was just missing. It, like, yeah, it was just it it was the existing. biggest
1: hole on offense because it was never yeah. never there.
0: It wasn't even existing. So I I think it's a it's a bright spot, but I mean having you know, having Bevel come in. I, I've I really haven't been this excited about a Lions season and, and you know I hope, I pray there's no You're excited flu-
2: about this next Lions season. Yeah, I am. I am too. So. I absolutely am. I am Sue. So.
0: How are you not?
2: Um, after the I, this season, I'm being serious. I I was most optimistic that I've ever been about the Lions, and they completely let me down. So I I I truly don't think this team is in a position to do anything special. So I thought this year maybe they would take a big step, and they took a step back. So
0: I see my my thing with that is I I drink the Kool Aid like I I I just gulp down. The yeah, I, I every year. Yeah, yeah, I I slam it. Yeah, I know. I slam it's it every week. We all know. Yeah, but I but the point being is that I think now each year I find this new beacon of hope and, and last year What's your beacon this year? Was is Daryl Bevel. Is okay. is not having okay. Jim Bob Cooter. That's it. I, yeah. I just wanna I'm excited to watch the offense play. And if it's the same crap of the unprofessional stuff and the the not being buttoned up that I always talk about, then it just then Patricia
2: gets my you know, my then I start to just keen in on Patricia. I think Patricia's gone if he doesn't go to the playoffs. Not to the playoffs. If they don't go above five hundred, he's gone. I,
0: yeah, see that but then like you go back to it, you hit Quinn and Patricia being tied at the hip. Does I, that mean Quinn's
2: gone too? I think it's the only way Quinn stays. If he like keeps Patricia on and he's just not the guy, well I mean, then you're basically signing off yourself. See, I think
1: I think it's worth talking about. I just I don't think the lines are gonna go below five hundred. I don't I think yeah. yeah, we'll talk what about you, that. What we'll do, do you think they're gonna go move.
2: this year? Ten and six. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll detail
0: that later. We're, I think we're going to – Yeah, if, I, if we wanna, I see it up here. If it's we on wanna, deck. If we want to touch on that. But I – my thing with – with, I I will say this. This is what I'll give you, and I'll put this on the record right now. I am most excited for this Lions season than I probably have been in maybe a handful of years. And um, a
2: handful – you weren't excited about this season. I thought this was – you got just because because I was I was in the boat
0: of you have a first year head coach it's it's gonna be I mean dude, yeah. Patricia to Caldwell is a one eighty right you couldn't you couldn't get more
1: different yeah yeah
0: so that's why I was kind of like let and that's why I've always been you know Patience. settled yeah. down with Patricia so this year though I think in year two with another draft coming up and you have seen some pieces on defense that have been able to to work I'm most excited for this season. But I'm also I also understand that this year might be the most heartbreaking year I've I've had in a while because if it because because now you have it all in place you have Stafford again you have Carry on you have Galladay Jones whatever else you're putting around you have a new offensive coordinator I, I I'm running out of excuses now to stay optimistic so yes if this season they go six and ten if they miss the playoffs. You know, I guess we'll cross the bridge when we come to it of how actually upset I am if they have a if they have a winning record and don't make the whatever happens. But if this year's a letdown like this past season was, I I I it's going to be tough. I might cry I, I, in week seventeen. I I seriously, yeah. it, it's just in a, in a sheer sense of hopelessness, like the new OC's here. Do, do, here's do, your head coach. Like
2: what's going on? I I understand the optimism with the new hire at the offensive coordinator position. Do you guys truly believe? that this team could maybe win a playoff game next year or win the division? I I, th-
1: I think they'll win the division.
0: I do. I already have that. Yeah, I
1: think
2: they
0: will genu- I-, I think because the way I look at it is the Packers right now are in well, such... I think the
2: Vikings are going to bounce back. They're too talented.
0: Well, that that I will say I think the Vikings are the biggest
1: threat because the Vikings have the, the most explosive offense set. in the division. And then... Bears I, defense is nasty. It They're is but be there I, I don't think what they did this year was sustainable. I just don't. I don't think Mitchell is going to be able to do have another good year. Like they, they they I think they'll win games, but I think they'll win games based on their defense, you know. They can't That's win games with offense. That's what they did this offense. year though. Yeah, I just I, I'm just saying I don't think I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah. I don't it, think they can do it for another season and go 10 and 6. Did they go dis- 11 and 5.
2: What uh <laughs> I think they went 12 and 4 actually. Did, I, did they, either way, yeah. I don't
1: I don't think they can come close to that. I think the Bears might be like an 8 and look. 8 team. It's just At best. I I way. I'm sorry I just I don't buy into it I just don't.
2: I get I get that. I think they will take a step back or not to be 12 and 4 but they're going to be in the match. Their defense is special. Well, yeah,
1: they'll, they'll be in the mix. I just I think the Lions it's, got yeah, a better it's, shot. It's going
0: to be it's going to be tight. I'm not worried about the Packers really but I am. They I, have
2: Aaron Rodgers. I mean they got well, a new they, coach. Yeah, I, a...
1: Honestly, I don't think that new
0: coach I That was I don't, a weird I don't even, hire. I want to
2: jinx
1: it. I just I don't think it's going to That was
2: a weird hire. I will say that. I mean, you take the Tennessee Titans <clears throat> offensive coordinator, and their offense is no world yeah, leader. That, so yeah, what do
1: you? You look at the Titans' offense; it's like, what do you love about that offense? Nothing. Yeah.
2: I mean, but th- I think when I was reading something about like how he came in and they saw like a natural. Like, I'm not interviewing here to talk about my offensive scheme. What I'm gonna do on defense? I'm just like a head coach. I'm a, like a good leader, which I don't hate. But yeah. I <sighs> hate. Th- I hate that people now like. Hiring a head coach is basically hiring an offensive coordinator now, which yeah. is, shouldn't be the case. Yeah, it's shouldn't stupid. Be the case. Yeah, it's stupid.
0: Um, I don't. I don't really think we at this point we need to get into rec- what the record's going to be next oh, year. Oh no, 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 I no, But no, I, no, I, no. I do Definitely, think it's sorry. worth. I mean, I, I believe that. You know, and, and Trent, you kind of got into it. Like I, I just think Bears you have to. Sorry. Cool. On sorry, right sorry. That's fine. You're right.
2: Uh, I, uh, Cody Parkey. Yeah. Wow. Well, <laughs> they could have been undefeated without
0: Cody Parkey. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I just. I, if you don't have. Optimism coming into this year. I, I, so, I maybe it's just who I am, who Trent is. Like, I, I, I have to be excited. I have to. Yeah. Or what else am I doing? What I, I don't think they're, I don't believe they're going to go six and ten. I don't. I, I don't. I don't believe that, that either.
2: Can, I don't.
0: I, I think that you bring in. I'm just so excited to watch the offense this year i am i because i just genuinely next believe year. that yes next year well this year but next year okay this this, <laughs> this season's still this going September. on this year okay. yes yes so yeah. the, the the biggest thing for me now is i think that and I, I i'm curious as to what you guys think does this now mean with this new oc coming in here does is the pressure now on Matt Stafford? Is if I it's as if it hasn't been on him already? <laughs> is this guy's leash like? Is it are we up to his neck now? Because I don't I, think it's up to his neck yet.
2: And what the, in the organization? Well, I think in the media. Okay. In the okay city, sure.
0: That's a, that's a good point because I think organizationally, I think they're very a, committed yeah, to yeah. Stafford.
2: Yes. But you they know, a lot of money in, in the
0: media and in your in your armchair quarterbacks. If it's another season, I don't. I just don't think Stafford will. It's not possible to be with his talent. He won't be as bad as his past year. He I, won't.
2: He won't I, be. I think this year though is going to tell you if he's on the decline or it was just an anomaly last year. It, it, okay, I it, like that. Yeah, I like no, because no, it's. I think it's too early to write him off for sure because he's been the best player in the organization the last five years except this year. And you, if he has another tough year, it's it's. Gets to the point where you're like, this probably isn't the guy who's gonna take us there, which probably should already set in since he's been here ten years. But that's a different discussion. But we've had that. Discussion. Yeah, we've had it maybe a hundred yeah, times. Don't, don't get us yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, we'll be another six hours in the studio. But it, I, I do understand what you're saying, but I, I've heard it all. With what if the what if the receivers start dropping ball? It, there's always a different excuse. I think Stafford's such a polarizing figure. That it doesn't matter what it's going to be, he's going to have his supporters and his doubters. So
1: yeah, I'll agree with that. <clears throat> My thing is, I think the I think more of the pressure this year is going to be on Patricia. We kind of already oh, for talked sure, about for it, for sure. But mm-hmm. I I think ninety percent of the pressure is on Patricia
2: because yeah. like I think there's pressure on. There's a lot of people
1: though. like me and Ryan who are like, yeah, it was his first year. It's very frustrating, but everyone just chill out, calm down. He's I- going to bring in his offensive coordinator and all that stuff. But then this defense. Started to look really good towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, what if they come out and lay an egg in week one, week two? You know, we're going to be all upset about that. So, which I don't think will happen. I'm just bringing it up for the sake of argument. And I, I, so I, I would, I would say the the pressure is going to be more on Patricia than Stafford simply because Stafford. I mean, it, it's going to. I for me, it's hard for me to even make this a question in my mind because I just don't, <laughs> I don't see Stafford playing bad next year. I just yeah. don't see it happening, but. I don't know. So it
2: I, I will say that, I mean, looking at Stafford's numbers this year, was it the first time he hasn't thrown for over 4,000? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Every, every year that he he's played 16 games, he yeah. threw for 4,000. Yeah, no, he had a bad year. No question, no doubts about that. I, I think there is pressure on him in the organization and stuff. I think he might have a bad year. Maybe they look to draft someone in next year's draft. But it, I think it's all on Patricia, and I think yeah. that's where the pressure lies and I don't believe in Patricia personally. That he's the guy to take them to new heights. I just think you, you looked at the Patriots. You looked at the Patriots last night, and you just say they can do it with anyone because Bill Belichick's the best coach of all time. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, yeah. So I don't get why people keep hiring Patriot assistants. It yeah. never works. I
1: will say I'm really glad we did not do that for offensive coordinator. That's why. Yeah. That's why I was exci- that. That's why no, I was I, excited I when they, you when you showed me Bevel's resume and you said, "Here's what he's done." Because if we, yes. you know what, Shane Waldron, Rams passing court, what has he done? You know yeah. what I mean? How much does he really do? Is that McVeigh's? Pa- you know? Yeah. We do, don't really I know. I would agree. Definitely so, agree. But w- one thing that I just want to address, like, about what you just said is um, the thing with Patricia, the reason there's so much pressure on him is because you fired Jim Caldwell to get out of the 9-7 and seven hole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The Lions were going 9-7 and seven and 11-5 and five under Jim Caldwell. And... You go six and ten in Patricia's first year, so yeah. If next year you go eight and eight, that's a problem. I don't know if they'd fire him, but they might, you know, go into the next season. And then in the next season, if they start, you know, three and five, then he's going to get canned because it's just a matter of, dude, we hired you to kind of get us past that, if, even though Caldwell did have three winning seasons bring it, bring you to the playoffs twice.
2: I mm. mean, if the defense like doesn't, lo- I mean, it did look good at the end of the year. I will agree yeah. with that, but I think at the beginning of the season. You have a 4-3 personnel on your defense, and you're trying to play 3-4. And it was an issue. You always saw people like, why did they cut Settle? Because he couldn't play 3-4. So yeah. it, with another year under the defensive team, if this defense didn't maybe become dominant, then maybe that changed my whole perspective of the whole situation in Detroit. Because I think that's the only possible way that this team becomes some sort of contender if that defense becomes top ten in the league. So that's basically it. <laughs> go home now. There it is, Ryan Collins. That's basically it from Ryan Collins. So down. it I looks like
0: it. it looks like go home play NHL. That's true. We should do that. So I guess that's it yeah. for us today. On the Motown Rundown for Trent Bailey, Ryan Collins. I'm Ryan Rabinowitz. There it is, Trent. Bye. Again, any questions, comments, suggest topics for the show hashtag Motown Rundown. Subscribe on iTunes. Impact WDBM. New episodes come out every Monday, Tuesday. I don't know. Whatever. We'll see you next time, guys.